Welcome home. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home ec class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms who've been real life best friends for more than two decades. We're trying to create gracious homes that are welcoming, but also functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to Welcome Home. Today on Welcome Home, we're chatting with the ladies of the Your Home Story podcast. These two are the dynamic duo behind DIY on a lean budget. Learn to not be scared of a sledgehammer and grout, how to improve your home without spending a single penny, and why children should be involved in fixing up their own rooms. Plus, secrets we'll always keep from our landlords, which tasks even pro DIYers are willing to outsource, and a closer look at which state really has the ultimate fast pro shop. All that and more on this week's episode of Welcome Home. Welcome home, Kirsten. I beat you. You totally beat me to the punch. You totally beat me to the punch. I'm, I'm so off my game with a slightly, slightly new introduction. Did anyone notice our fancy new introduction? That's only for the people who've really been devout listeners. The hardcore, hardcore. Um, the hardcore. Hey, I know, but you know, these things, they throw me. It's How a rainy you? Monday. I'm wonderful. It's a rainy Monday. It's a rainy Monday, Monday where you are? <gasps> Wait yes. a minute. It's going to be a rainy Monday here too. That's impossible in the desert. No, it is. Because I, because you know what? I love my garden, but um, I've gotten a little bit lazy about watering it. And I was, I was knowing it was going to rain today, so I stopped watering it like three days ago. <laughs> well, it's an interesting time in the world. I think it is very apropos of us to discuss the fact that we're in the middle of a national health crisis right now, and we're all discussing coronavirus. It's spring break is coming up here in Alabama. What about you? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's already, I think it's coming. And that's the crazy thing is like, it's, it's really interesting because again, we talk about weather a lot in Alabama. We've got our tornadoes. We've a lot of, we have a lot of like stock up mentality here more so than I think many other places have. Like there are raids on the supermarket. People like to prepare. We are prepared people in Alabama. And it's really, really, really interesting just hearing it's almost like we're discussing major strategy. Everywhere I go, someone's got an opinion, a new article, a new thought. There's been a, a raid on meat. People are stocking up on meat. It is interesting because I have had a lot of conversations like on the, you know, on the youth football sidelines with turn moms about like, are you doing like stocking up for stuff? And so, yeah, people are definitely talking about it. I mean, this is a podcast, not an actual news show. So I feel yeah. like we're not like to talk about something very timely. It's probably not going to serve our listeners well who go back and binge. But you know what? Well, either way, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, remember that? We forgot it. It turned out to be no big deal. Or like, oh, yeah. I know. It's an only time will tell. So we're waiting. We're watching. But I'll tell you, all the masks are gone. Like you can't find them. There's not a mask to be had in town. And all the hand sanitizers gone from all the shelves. It's weird when like you go into a store and you just see an open, you know, shelf yeah. where something used to be. That always kind of creeps me out a little bit. It reminds me of, um, what's that show? The Black and White uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Oh. <laughs> edit that edit out. <laughs> It reminds me of an Alfred Hitchcock episode. Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, no. Oh, um, oh, oh um, I know what you're talking about. Um, the uh, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yes, it's so Twilight Zodian, right? Like, because you know people were there before you, like hunting down the same thing, and then you show up and they're all gone. But you need them, and then you don't know where to get them, and then it makes you just like run faster. Here's the thing. We got my husband got very concerned about the Ebola outbreak. That was a real, have you looked at the numbers for Ebola? Like you get it, you die. No, for sure. For sure. But um, what were the numbers for Ebola like in Phoenix, Arizona? Like there it yeah, wasn't. Do you want to know why? Because I read about that, Kirsten. This is fascinating stuff. It's because literally when you got Ebola, you were so sick, you didn't move. Gotcha. Like that was it. It was like SARS and Ebola and I think um, MERS. And the reason is they had death rates like 30 to 50%. So 30 out of 100, 50 out of 100. So if you got it, you were done. You weren't transmitting it anywhere. Yeah. So it's a worse, it's a much worse disease, but it's easier to contain. Is that your scientific? Right. It's like the numbers won't be as bad, but it's going to spread to so many more. So. Yeah. No, I get that. But I just also feel like I used all my panic on that and I'm out I know, of panic. Right? Like I can't, out. like he bought this really special hand sanitizer that was like a kind of hand sanitizer that you have to like, like it, it's like putting on a virtual glove. You know, and you couldn't even wash it once you had it, it stayed for 24 hours. It was like wearing a glove. 
Oh, like a paraffin treatment at the nail place? But no, it didn't. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like you were wearing anything weird, like a paraffin. I know what you're saying, and I, that I, I the paraffin hand that. treatment. I it just, love those. It was things. an invisible shield that you couldn't feel. But anyway, it was just a really, really fancy hand. Oh yeah, anyone who's listening, I'm also selling the invisible shield that you can't feel. <laughs> Come to our website. We're special promotional pricing. You can use the promo code Welcome Home. Yeah, promo <laughs> code Welcome Home for fifteen percent off your invisible shield. and honestly here's the thing like yes our show is not timely it's not news oriented it's not anything but we are talking about things in a home i actually do think it's not a bad idea for us to discuss coronavirus like why can't we discuss pandemics in fact you know we should scratch today's episode and talk about this it's a very real issue like Like, what do you do to prepare well how about this i got an email from the although we're very excited about Susanna and ashley they're adorable you're gonna love them and you're gonna learn lots of diy things for when you're home and you're going to have to do stuff in your house because you can't leave so yeah, I don't know. There's also like, you know, those, we're, I, was, I was having this exact same conversation again at the football field, but you know, um, have you seen that movie called like Be Quiet or Don't Speak or something like that? Have you, heard, you know what I'm talking about? The one where it's like a post-apocalyptic movie. Oh, yes. Oh, I heard about it, right? They can't make any noise. You can't make I any noise because yeah, the alien uh, monster uh-huh, uh-huh. zombie thingies that have taken over the world, they don't have any vision, but they can hear. They have like excellent hearing, okay? And so horrible. these people have to be like living in complete silence. Mm-hmm. and protect their children and one of their children drops a toy and it's like the child gets eaten immediately and here's the deal like i don't want to live i don't want to live through that <laughs> like, you just, i have i have no interest in stockpiling years worth of food and then watching my neighbors starve to death like that doesn't sound fun yeah no that doesn't sound doesn't good that sound either. horrible because right, then if i stockpile food you know, then what about my poor hey, neighbor down the street? Do I not? You're trying to create gracious die? homes, Kirsten. So wait a minute. We have to have our own welcome home policy on the type. We're trying to create gracious homes that are welcoming, but also functional. We say that in our opening. So what does that, what's the picture of the welcome home, family home during coronavirus? Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. The first, can I tell you how, what a terrible human being I am? The first thought that came to my mind. Uh-huh. I don't like Chardonnay. But I have a lot of Chardonnay in my fridge, just like if you'll bring over. Right. Like, things could get desperate. I could switch to Chardonnay. (laughs) Or you could have your B-team food that you sell. Or I could save it to barter. I could barter with my Chardonnay. You could totally barter with your Chardonnay. It's about this really weird thing of sake, but it's like a a local Arizona brand of sake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when are we ever going to drink that? Unless you know, we're, we're confined to the house. Do you in have extra case... cash on hand? I know you probably shouldn't admit that on it. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know where I keep it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, these are things preparedness. Let's do pandemic preparedness with Graham and Kirsten. I can't get into it because I could, I could, we honestly... were, we were going to do an episode called the preppy prepper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be for creating your own like disaster shelter. Yeah. Um, that was I, really but with, with timeless design. Like no, because I, I have a, I'm just going to keep these people identity secret, but I have a lot of preppers in my life. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. You got, this is, you should be all over this. This is well, a big Yeah. I mean, you. just, just like, you know, it's, it's the, I married a boy scout. I married someone who was military. Like we're prepared for a lot of stuff that like, I just, but I've lost interest. I've lost interest again. Like, eh. I know, but come the Once the Chardonnay is gone. <laughs> You're out. I love it. Um, no, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, eventually I'd eat like all those, you know, all those weird, all the weird things in the pantry. You, you yeah. told me to buy a bunch of beans because you were on that big kick of like making me making grams. Okay, so this is interesting. Probably too I'm much information, soaker. but Graham says that beans are much easier to digest if you soak them, whereas I would just buy canned beans. You know, like canned garbanzo beans or black beans or whatever. And Graham says, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. You have to soak them overnight. Oh, yeah. Plus, you don't have any of the sodium. They're pumped with sodium. Have you ever looked at a can of beans, Kirsten? I mean, beans are not a huge part of my life to begin with. I'm not <gasps> a huge bean person. I know you're like a big bean person, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the I point can... of this whole story is like, I have beans, too. Like, I feel you're like smart. I'm set. That's, I've got that's the sake. I've got the beans. I'll have wow. time. You know what? Okay, let me. I'm going to bring it back full circle. All mm-hmm. these little projects I never get around to. Like, I will I finally have the time 
We're going to be home DIYing it. I you know, love yes, it. Yes, exactly. And you know what I need to do? Because uh-huh. again, I'm moving. I really need to right now un-DIY my house. Like that's really where I'm at. The number, and actually as I'm staring at you in your closet, what are those like little white things behind you at the door? Turn around. What are those? Oh, are those what I think they are? I have, um, oh no, actually, no, you're right. Those are old. You're right. What? Yes. I'm, okay. I've got, okay. You guys can't see because this is a podcast. previous homeowner. Podcast. There's little, I guess it's little, um. Velcro. They're like yeah, those glue squares, right? Yeah. What am I, so, okay. So you're saying okay, that would so be something So you know those glue squares, y'all, like those glue squares that you use. So you're in a closet. We tape in our closet. So that must be, you know, somebody held. Closet. Yeah. It probably, I assume it was some sort of like a bed, bath and beyond, you know, belt rack or okay you know and what I'm they talking just about, peeled right? it off yeah exactly yes and so, then you peel it off and you've got those left and so I have tried endless times to hang up um uh-huh. oh so gosh, you're saying like cork boards or magnet boards or that sort of thing on the backs of doors on the backs mm-hmm. of cabinetry I tried to do these spice rack holder things that I got on Amazon I have those stinking goal, um, glue squares all over my house mm-hmm. I have to have like a weekend of goo off and like you, do. <coughs> you do. You do. But see, this is, these are the projects I'm saving for when I'm confined to my house. I will soak my beans. I will get rid of the blue <laughs> squares. I'm set. So you guys are going to have a lot of fun. Um, we got a note from the school that basically said, because spring break is coming up, that said, FYI, we can't control where any of you travel. And we know that you travel. So we might have to shut the schools down for a while after spring break. I find that, I, that, was, that was the scariest day of my life. Like really? that I'd go on a 12 day spring break and then have to come home and homeschool. <laughs> I was like, you can't do it. They were hedging. They're, they're ready for it. They're mentally preparing us. That's crazy. See, okay. Here's the problem. I don't, I don't watch the news anymore. Oh, I've become a junkie. That Are was my new year's resolution, which I've kept going. I'm so proud of myself. I'm smart again, Kirsten. Yeah, well, you know what? Actually, I will say the Democratic national debates have been sucking me in like crazy because that's mm-hmm. fun. Because I like watching a show when I know everybody else is watching it. Yes, a live TV. It's delightful. Right. Like how oh. we used to watch, like even sports are more interesting to me now because I know other people are watching it. Right. So it's like it's like we're all together doing something. It's there's people have studied this. It's a psychological thing. Okay, because can I tell you, my husband and I are obsessed with this show called Miracle Workers. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen Miracle Workers. You have? Yeah. I told you about it, right? Yeah. Okay, so season one is available on Hulu, but season two is right now live, and it's on TNT, I want to say, on Tuesday nights at 9.30 my time, mm-hmm. and we, like, plan our week around sitting and watching this, you know, 23-minute sitcom, but the other day, I was like, do you want to watch Miracle Workers? And he's like, eh, I'm tired. I'm like, but we, you know, this is live. We have to watch it now, and it was like his eyes lit up. Because there is something fun about we don't we gotta watch it now, right? If you want yeah, just, it, like be prepared. I know it's wonderful, Life and it's really fun. I miss having appointment television. I do too. Okay, so anyways, I guess I'll start watching the news. But yeah, I feel prepared between between the beans and all the other things. I'm, I'm beans good. and the DIY. All I'm right, good. well, it sounds is like that, you're ready you for think, coronavirus. Yeah. Do you think I've covered it? Beautifully. I think you've covered it a hundred percent, Kirsten. You've left no detail, no stone unturned. Thank you for the thorough reporting. I do um, have a degree in journalism. And um, full assessment of Mm -hmm. coronavirus. So thank you to the country of Finland for taking me on as a national correspondent. I feel like my work here is done. That was the best. That was like the best. I mean, honestly, for the jokes alone. All right. Welcome, Susanna. My Facebook, my Facebook friend list is still pretty darn awesome. I still get so much like, um, Oh, what's what's my favorite country that I get? Like Estonian? I still get a lot of updates from friends in Estonia. Really? I mean, if we're not for Harrison, I should accompany you all summer. Boys mess up everything sometimes. Well, you They're went to Uganda with him. Yeah, I mean, that was weird, though. Yeah, that was kind of weird. We've but... discussed that before. Okay, thanks to everyone for listening. <laughs> And again, the world's most random intro, but um, thanks for listening. And this was actually getting back to our roots as a DIY show. And man, these ladies are legit. They're really doing this. And um, it's making me think I should be a little bit braver. I was challenged. It was good. I hope for those of you listening, thinking maybe you want to do it, but you've been a little too scared. I hope you get the courage because they were, they were on it. I liked them. All right. Enjoy the show. Today is a special day on Welcome Home. We are here with two guests, Susanna Stanley and Ashley Mays from Your Home Story podcast. And they reached out to us. We've actually enjoyed their work for quite some time. They are master DIYers, master tackle anythingers. And we're going to, we kind of, because, you know, Kirsten and I were in the design category for about 
quite some time, actually. The glory days. The glory days of when we were actually podcasting under a different name, which was the Home Hour, and now we're Welcome Home. But I think a lot of our listeners still enjoy kind of the creation, the crafting, the fixing up their homes, and doing it on a budget. And so today we're going to talk about this really cool concept that I think, Susanna, was it you? It was No Spend January? Oh, that's Ashley. She that's can Ashley. tell you all about that. Okay, I'm excited. Well, let's let's get a little background before we start. Yes, you guys, welcome welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. And it is fun. We all live at home. So yeah, some of our listeners are our original home, sort of real focused on the DIY stuff. And then others are new, but we all live in homes and this is part of our daily life. So <laughs> I want to start with where you guys are virtually because you have such an amazing, you guys do really awesome stuff online. And then um, also physically because I feel like it's helpful to know what part of the country everybody is in. Um, to get a kind of visual. So where are you guys located virtually first? Because you all have awesome Instagrams and blogs. All right. I'm Ashley and I'm at Bigger Than the Three of Us. And then my house is in Missouri and I live in a small town. Like we don't even have a Trader Joe's or a Costco or anything like that. <gasps> Bite uh, your tongue. I know, right? Right. And uh, I've lived in this house about eight years now. Eight years. And by the way, Ashley, I've been to your town many a times. I've been to um, the hibachi grill in your town. I've been to the- Wait, uh, what? Kirsten, she didn't even say her town. Oh, well, oh, okay. I know, because I read her blog. You're in oh, Springfield, okay. right? I am. Yes, yes, because my kids go to camp in Branson. And oh. so we, have been, we go to Springfield twice a summer. That's funny. Yeah, Springfield, usually when I bring it up, most people either know of it by Branson or Bass Pro. That's like the claim to fame. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you got, and I have to say the Branson Airport is one of the most amazing places I've ever been in my life. Have you been there? Yeah, it's it's tiny, <laughs> but it's it's like you feel like you're gonna like fall like there's not enough runway, but it works. It right, no, works. but just the decor of you guys, we, we should do a whole episode on the Branson Airport. I, I won't I won't go into it, but she knows what I'm talking about. It is literally <laughs> it's like going to an amusement park. It's we incredible. need an episode, Kirsten, called What We Do in Airports, because actually I have a lot of feelings, strong feelings on airports. I'm so not surprised. Okay, anyway, back uh back to <laughs> the the topic. Okay, Susanna, and you are we can our listeners can find you at Sure. My Instagram is at Susanna Stanley, just my name. It's S-U-Z. And my blog is Create Enjoy. And I think Ashley and I have both been blogging for mm, 10 years plus. My blog started out as a sewing blog, but now it's mostly DIY home and design. And we are located outside Portland, Oregon. I actually live a block from the house I grew up in on this little kind of, it used to be a cute little town. Now it's a suburb, but I'm in the old part. And our house currently is a 1937 fixer upper house. And we've actually lived in, I don't know, three, four, five places over the past few years, kind of accidentally flipping our last house. And <laughs> now we're now we're actually still looking ahead to something that's going to be a little bit more long-term for us. So I've, I've done way too much on houses in the past few years, for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> How did you two meet? Instagram. Really? Amazing. So you're okay. So your virtual friends is your, your virtual friends in a way. Yeah, we haven't yeah. met in, in person yet. That's on our list, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's We've cool. Been, well, I, we I think started? we can all fly into the Branson Airport, and then we can all meet up. Okay. And then so, we could go to Bass Pro. I'm pumped. You know, we just got back from Memphis, Tennessee, and we had a big pilgrimage. So the Bass Pro there is shaped like a giant pyramid, like an Egyptian pyramid. It's really a big deal. Well, okay. this is the birthplace of Bass Pro here. So if you've never been to the one in my town, you need to come visit. Graham, she oh. just won at Bass Pro to you. Okay, so I do want to get to what Graham's first question, this no spend January. I mean, this is a really, this is interesting. And I think, you know, um, Graham and I, this will air in March, but we have decided January, we don't do the dry January. We don't do the January as the time to start a resolutions because January is too much. So we do everything in mm. February. But you know what? I'm cool with March too. Like anytime is a good time. But we are, um, we never get on our get on the ball enough for January. But tell us what you did because this is incredible. Yeah, well, Susanna and I were just talking before we recorded one day, and some of the feedback that we hear from listeners is that you know they don't have a big budget for home decor and they don't have lots of time. And I don't know, just one thing led to another. I was looking around my house. And I was thinking, why am I always on to the next big project? Like there's so many little things that need to get done that aren't as exciting or just, just aren't fun to do. 
but I just like really started to like lean into the idea of loving on my house and making changes and progress without like spending money to like not only inspire myself, but and to inspire, you know, our listeners, because I just feel like honestly, that if we're creative, we can do so many things within our homes. And I wasn't, I wasn't doing those things. I was, you know, out looking for the next best thing. Okay. Well, give us an example. What is a project that you, that you um, sort of conquered in January that wasn't a financial? Right. Well, I have a huge paint closet and I don't know about you guys, but even with just one kiddo, our walls get dingy, our baseboards, our trim work needs to be, you know, updated. So I tackled multiple little painting projects. Uh, I have artwork that, you know, it's not hung perfectly or it's not, you know, in sync completely in a gallery wall. So tweaked things like that. And I was hoping to do more home renovation. I was hoping to take down some beadboard, but I, I found some, you know, some issues with our ceiling, so I couldn't do that. But, you know, just loving on my home by moving plants and, you know, trying new furniture arrangements and that kind of thing. And I just focused in on it for a whole month and it was a blast. I like honestly loved it. And you're so right, just moving around furniture. And even I like sometimes like to shop in one room for another room, you know, and realize that this is going to make this look completely different or feel completely different. And you're right. It doesn't cost a dime. Um, you're also reminding me of one of my things I used to, I, well, maybe this will be the year I'll finally do it. But what I did one year was I set, I laid out all the areas in my house and divided them into um, six different areas. And I decided I would do one every other month right now, every month. So I do it twice a year. And that way was kind of like, because it does seem like daunting to say every baseboard in my house or I'm going to do, but just saying, okay, it's living room, dining room month. And just focus on those little tiny projects that you never get to, but really, you know, you need to, because um, it can be daunting to do the house. But I love that idea. That's a great idea too. I, I, it feels really good too, to kind of finish a room or to just, to make a bunch of improvements in one space. And then you walk in and you feel really accomplished. Yes. Yes. A couple of my no spend projects were one is our bedroom. We have pretty wide windows. Like there's two windows next to each other. And I just had standard width curtains on them and it just looked wimpy and stupid. And I had another set of just like Ikea curtains. They're not the greatest, but I had extra clips too. And so just putting those up, I still need to sew them together and hem them all correctly. That's a, that's a, I, that's an also a no spend project that I just didn't get to. So I'll, I'll continue the no spend attitude later when I get to that. But just like taking them out of the coat closet or the linen closet where they weren't being used and putting them up make it look so much better already and they're more functional. And then I also just like I have I've bought light fixtures and then we haven't gotten around to hanging them or like switching out um, light switches. So just stuff like that oh, yeah. that you know you already had the supplies. Just just get to it. Just finally take it off the list. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. I just took down a bunch of paintings and um, ripped off. I since I I'm terrible, you guys, but I don't use nails. I love Velcro. <laughs> but you Velcro your picture. I Velcro every. Literally, give me this. The this is actually this is actually like why I know my husband's my soulmate is because when he was in high school, he used to Velcro everything to the wall, and I mean like remote <laughs> controls. Um, oh. his backpack <laughs> would like Velcro. He just he would buy like the really heavy duty Velcro. But anyway, I Velcroed all my. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the the 3M like picture hanger things. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but I ripped off a bunch of plaster and, and this weekend I finally sat down. I'm like, I can't keep walking by this home. That looks like it's, it looks like a set from a movie set in the depression. It's terrible. Like how hard is it just to stack all this and paint this? So, um, yeah, you're right. And Perfect. it does feel better every time. Well, it used to be every time I walked by my kids, walk by the hallway to my kids bedroom, it was like, Ugh. you know, and it just mm. felt like, Oh, I'm never gonna have time to do this. And then I did it and it was like 30 minutes, you know? instead right, of all they don't, the, take, they don't take as long and you look at it for ages and ages for like sure all of our vents in our bathroom are rusted in the ceiling and I, I every single time i'm in the shower i stare up at the vent and i am like this looks disgusting i mean it would cost me two dollars i mean it's not no spend march but i mean it would be two bucks if i just went to home depot and got a fresh one like it's not a fancy rent mm -hmm. but I, ref I just don't do it because i think the mindset is well someday i'm just going to gut this whole bathroom so why am i going to fix this rusted vent right now but that someday mm -hmm. could be years away. 20 years for sure. Probably 20 mm -hmm. years for me. I mean, we know that. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Okay, let's get into the, the your top five because this is a, and, and we always say top five, we never actually get to five, but um, the DIY projects that are the most bang for the buck because I feel like money can be, it doesn't always have to be, but it can kind of be at the heart of DIY. So when you talk about the financials, where do you feel like it's definitely worth it to DIY or at least attempt to DIY um, as opposed to hiring someone to do this? Yeah, it's such a good question. There's with uh, with projects DIY, we think of that as being like completely renovating your bathroom, but it can just be learning how to install stuff that you buy online and that doesn't have to be that expensive. So I think my number one is changing out light fixtures. If you move into a new home that was built anytime, actually pretty much, I mean, styles change, right? So pretty much any home that you move into, unless it's been recently flipped by someone whose style you love, you're not going to like all the light fixtures and it makes such a difference. They are, especially now the trend is to have them be pretty big, pretty good size. Mm -hmm. And it really makes a statement. So a dining room light fixture or a kitchen, you know, pendants, they can be just these little dinky, stupid things, bedrooms, hallways, like you can buy light fixtures in like a trendy style for, you know, a knockoff schoolhouse fixture or whatever for like $35, $50, you know, a chandelier is going to be 200, but that's not, that's not bad. It gets expensive when you're hiring someone to install them. So I'd say like a number one DIY project is learning to change out light fixtures. It's not hard. You need to turn the power off to your house, but that's a good skill to have too. You need very basic tools and you can just totally transform the room. So you know, also learn how to hang them at the right height. So like 30 inches above a table for a standard ceiling height in a dining room, get them the right size. There's a rule where if you add the dimensions in feet in a room, like a 12 by 12 dining room, you add 12 and 12 and you need a 24 inch chandelier approximately. There's a rule of thumb for you. Hmm. And then like, obviously a hallway is going to need a small semi-flush mount and a bedroom, you know, if it's a bigger bedroom, Maybe it can have a bigger fixture. So thinking about scale and just replacing, like I promise in any house that's like builder basic from any era, that there was not there was no thought put into the light mm. fixture. So you don't need to replace them with the same size and scale. And you can really have fun with, if you're doing multiples at a time, you know, what, what kind of colors do you want in, in the metals in your home? You don't have to use all the same color, but just think about if they, if you can see them from the same same room. Maybe they should just be the same general style, like a mid-century one or a more traditional one. It's it's fun. It can be overwhelming, but I absolutely, it's it just makes a huge difference in a home. So that is a number one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so interesting because I never would have thought that would be the answer because I just feel oh. really intimidated by anything electric. I feel like I could, that, that, that's that's a that's not a true belief. It's really not as scary as it might appear. I mean, YouTube it, watch it, you know, get the package, take it apart, look at the pieces. It's, there's really like, there's a couple, there's like several wires and some screws. It's really like, you can totally figure it out in an afternoon and do it safely. And if the light turns on, you're probably good. Now caveat, if you have an old house, there can be some weird stuff going on with the wiring. So you might not know what to find. So you just might need to plan for some extra troubleshooting and worst case, you know, go into the store and buying something extra that you had to Google. Mm-hmm. But in most homes, it, it, I don't think you need to be too scared about it. So if you have a friend who's done it, maybe they can come over and help you or something. Uh, be careful, you know, read all the instructions, but they come with instructions. So that's like, you totally don't need to pay someone a couple hundred dollars to install a fixture for you. That's so good. And you know what? I, I did that when we remodeled our house. That was one of my favorite things to do is change light fixtures because you're right. The the kind of builder basics are just so boring and there's it's just an opportunity to really add charm to your home. Um, and I got my daughter's light fixtures from Graham's next door neighbor's estate sale. Oh yeah, that was really funny. Yep. And uh, I still have them. They're beautiful. And then I got my uh, And I've kind of actually, I don't like them as much, but it's been seven years. Um, You know, maybe it is time to change it for a small change, but I got my my, uh, pennants that hang over my kitchen island from a ship. They're reclaimed um, 
Well, you get serious bonus points for being unique with those. Oh, I want to unique, <laughs> but I also lose points because I definitely hired an electrician. So oh. but next time, but now I won't. When I replace them, I'm going to go for go. it. That's but Kirsten, awesome. there's no way you could hung, have hung those. Those things are large. I mean, you can't, you couldn't have done that on your own. Ash, no, no, Graham, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> they don't want this. Let's, <laughs> let's go halvesies. Let's find really cool, awesome, well-priced fixtures, and then we'll have someone help us switch them out. She is, Graham is no, <laughs> she, Graham has no sense of adventure. Um, Ash, what about you? What do you think is the biggest bang for your buck with uh with the DIY stuff where do you start I don't know if it's where I would start but one thing that I would recommend is that people not be scared to tile I think you can totally tile your walls it's not hard it's actually really easy you can rent tile saws you can borrow them you can do more manual cutting but I really think that people can get a big bang for your buck by just learning how to tile and going for it. And there's- Dear so God, sorry, Kirsten, we have found some real DIYers. No, you know what? Okay, Graham is, Graham, you, no, sorry, I'm sorry. Amazing. You guys are my people. Graham is not fun. Like no. I'm, I'm much cooler than Graham. I so I actually these. did rent a tile saw and you're right. It is not as hard. I feel, why do I feel like I just confessed something? Graham, what's wrong with you? You're the only one on this call who hasn't rented a tile saw. I I'm think so impressed with these two ladies. I was literally thinking like, yeah, change out the light bulbs in your house or like paint a fun color. They're like, yeah, do Those your electrical work and work with tile. Okay. Yeah, no, but sure. it's, you're Maybe. right. It's not that hard, but here's, here's my question for you. If I could go back and do it again, I would have not started on my bathroom. I would have started like, is there a way you could do like, um, you know, like a rough draft. Like, is there a way you could kind of learn to, how do you learn to do it? Because it's not, you're right. It's not rocket science, but it is a skill and like learning to cut those tiles and measure and all that and learning how to use the spacers. How would you like learn to do it without totally messing up your own wall? Well, I mean, to be honest, we did our first rodeo in our kitchen and, and, and maybe that wasn't smart, but I don't know, you kind of, you make mistakes, like we cut a bunch of tiles wrong and you throw them away, you know, like you make mistakes before you put it in the mortar on the wall and you just know, like, is, is it looking good or is it not looking good? Is this, you know, is the line straight? Is it not straight? And then you like troubleshoot as you go along. So, I mean, maybe if you had like a basement bath, a basement bathroom or something, like you could start in a place that's not as, you know, obvious, but I, I, I just, I don't think... Once you get the idea of, you know, I've got to have the right mortar and I've got to have the tile spacers and I've got to grout. I mean, once you know, like the main components, it's just really not that scary. I didn't think it was either. I kind of found it satisfying too. Yeah, definitely. You can get so much of that online. You can find high quality tutorials from reputable sources and they'll tell you all the materials you need. So it's an investment of like products up front and you do need to spend time watching some YouTube videos and learning how it works and stirring the thing. I mean, it's not, it's not a, you know, two hour project, but it's a really valuable skill that you can use multiple times. So I think if, yeah, if you want to just get started out, maybe it's a tile, like a backsplash in a laundry room or a kitchen or like a powder bathroom floor. You're just going to have to do the edges and cut around the floor vent, but it's, it's really, that's, those are great places to start. Floors are easy too, because they're, you know, gravity's helping you. Mm -hmm. And I also suggest mosaic tile as a good starter because it goes really fast. You just have to be really good at eyeballing the spacing so you can't see the gaps between the sheets. But okay, it goes- just, Wait, wait, can you just explain what mosaic tile is for anyone who isn't like- Yeah. Because it's, it's a different way. We'll just, yeah, yeah. So a tile is like a four by four tile or a six by six or a three by six subway tile. That is one piece of tile. A mosaic type of tile is a, quite a few tiles on a mesh backing sheet that's usually about one by one square foot. Mm -hmm. And so you can do one square foot at a time and there's little, there's gaps in between them. So you're going to, when it's all done, it looks like a million tiny tiles. You know, the one inch hexagon tile is popular or a two inch. They come in all different pretty shapes and patterns too, but you can, I mean, those are, those are also really pretty affordable if you like basic colors like white mm -hmm. and there you pop them off to cut them and so you don't even necessarily need a tile saw you can use the manual one and they are forgiving if your floor hopefully your floor is perfectly flat because you did a good job with your base layer but that's part of the tutorials that you'll read but they also just are more forgiving when you're installing them and they go Graham, are you following so this for when when i come to your house and tell you to try to tile I am. I'm also thinking you <laughs> ladies could make a fortune if you hosted the Girls Life Skills Weekend. 
I would okay. love to go learn how to tile, do my electrical, maybe a little basic framing, <laughs> hanging, idea. putting wallpaper up. You just do a panoply, a potpourri of sorts of um, skills that we could all learn. This is the home ec class that you never had, right? It's like uh, level two. <laughs> that I yeah, wish I'd been but I need yeah. someone. Yeah, but I, I, I know myself. Level. And this is my worst quality as a human being. I watch a YouTube video. I'm like, okay, 30 seconds forward, 30 seconds forward, 30 seconds forward. This is my problem. <laughs> I need you guys to hold my hands at a uh, retreat yeah. weekend. I think Graham's right. I would love to do it myself. You know, you line up the sconces. We wallpaper something. We tell something. I think it would be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. Hands-on okay. learning is absolutely the best. Oh, I, well, we're going to talk offline about where we're going to host this. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, besides Branson Airport. Okay. Um, and then let's, uh, I want to know though, because obviously, you know, you guys are, as Graham pointed out, not like minor DIYers. You are the real deal. How, I want to know where this kind of came from. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, I've heard you guys say on a podcast, you know, we weren't born knowing how to DIY. Like these are skills, but what kind of homes did you guys grow up in? Like, was this something you always saw, you know, or your parents were always doing these kind of projects or is this uh, something you came upon um, yourself? Sure. Well, I grew up in a house where my mom was always decorating and hanging wallpaper and doing, you know, light decor type projects. And my dad was always fiddling. If something broke, he would try to fix it you know, it was pre-internet, you know, so sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> but my grandpa was a woodworker his whole life. And so when I got old enough, like early 20s, I started kind of doing small woodworking projects with him and started to gain a little bit of knowledge. But like when my husband and I got married, to be honest, like you know, we went to the store and just were overwhelmed by the amount of nails to, to figure out what kind of nail you need to hang, you know, something on the wall. And it just took trial and error and just being willing to make mistakes to learn. And that's where we're at today is like, I've honestly never been scared of messing something up because I know that, you know, I'm not taking down exterior walls, you know, like I've never been scared of messing something up so bad that I can't call a professional in to come and help me fix it. And to be honest, we've surrounded ourselves with some professionals in the trades like plumbing and electrical that when they come in to fix something or they come in to do it, they'll, they're willing to teach like me as a homeowner. And that's like been amazing. That's awesome. And I noticed you didn't say plumbing as something like electric that you would do yourself. My dad was Mr. DIY and that was the one thing he would never touch. He said, plumbing, you just, <laughs> you, you hire somebody. It's too much of a nightmare if you mess it up. Do you agree with that or? I honestly am scared of the plumbing. I have done some, I've like, I've changed out faucets, but, and I've like, we've installed toilets to get my husband and I together, but uh, we, yeah, I, Plumbing scares me. We've had some water issues in this house where professionals have been called in immediately. And I just know it can go wrong really fast. So I, we tend to call, I mean, I tend to call a professional usually with plumbing if it's not, if it's something other than changing a faucet or a fixture with a bathtub or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I would say you can change you can change faucets easily. That was one of the first things my husband and I did at our first house ever when we were like 23. And re replacing your own toilet is also not that hard. But if you're moving plumbing lines, I, I yeah, I, I don't like to do that. We've I've done that in a very limited capacity. And my dad hated plumbing too. He, It's finicky. So you have to go to the store at least four times whenever you're doing any <laughs> anything related to plumbing. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. And the idea of like, I've had a faucet break on me and it was when my husband was out of town oh, and no. I had toddlers. And yeah, that's like a, that's oh, a no. PTSD situation. If you've ever had water just spraying out at you and not knowing oh. what you're supposed to do, turn it off and watching your cabinet. Oh, it's just like, oh, oh no. PTSD, Kirsten, that's the perfect segue for one of oh, our sponsors today. Saying. You just set it up like nobody's business. We are sponsored today by BetterHelp and BetterHelp is online counseling that's there for you whenever you need it. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can get hooked up with licensed professional counselors that are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, um, home renovation issues, plumbing issues, <laughs> anything you share is confidential. And if you're not happy with it, you can request a new counselor at any time. We've been great fans of BetterHelp for quite some time now. They're available worldwide. You can text them with uh, phone or video communication. You can start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. We have a wonderful, wonderful offer for our listeners. 
listeners of Welcome Home get 10% off their first month if they use the discount code Welcome Home. So give it a try. It's betterhelp.com slash welcome home, all one word. And our listeners get um, 10% off by putting in the discount code Welcome Home. Such a neat, 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 useful idea. Thank you, BetterHelp. Uh, we also have Jonas Paul Eyewear as another sponsor today. For those of you who have kiddos who wear glasses, you know what it is like. Being at the eye doctor with kids is not the most fun thing, but we got to do it. But then to stay and worry about meltdowns and trying to figure out what your child wants at the eye doctor, it's just, it's nothing anyone enjoys. So Jonas Paul has the solution. They offer a try, a try on at home kit. It's only a dollar and you get to try out seven frames and keep them for seven days. So it becomes a fun, um, a fun experience. The kids are actually picking something they're going to want, which saves bites later. And we know this for a fact because Graham and I both have kiddos in Jonas Paul. Y'all, these are really um, attractive, stylish glasses without the hefty designer price, the hefty designer prices. They have an excellent, excellent price point. Um, they really fit ages four to 16, but even some petite adults wear the glasses. And at the end of this month, February, um, they're launching a brand new non-prescription sunglass lines too for kids who don't wear prescriptions. So if you want to go ahead and give Jonas Paul eyewear a try, you're going to want to go to jonaspauleyewear.com and use the discount code welcome home for 15% off just the prescription glasses. The discount doesn't apply to the new non-prescription sunglasses. But again, it's Jonas Paul eyewear and you're going to use the discount code welcome home, all one word for 15% off. Again, Graham and I have between us four kids in eyeglasses and they all wear Jonas Paul and we are huge, huge fans. So thank you, Jonas Paul. Give them a try. If your kids are in glasses, you will become a fan like we are. Thank you. Speaking of kids, let's talk about DIY since we just talked about Jonas Paul. Um, oh, well, yeah. I wish too bad Jonas Paul doesn't make safety goggles because <laughs> what we need to talk about is how Susanna and Ashley involve DIY with little ones because whenever I see pictures of the two of you, it seems as if there's like a little one in the background. And I'm yeah, thinking- how old are your kids? Because, we, because that's like a big question. Doing this with kids is tricky. Grayson, my little, my son is nine. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, my son Otto is, he'll be two in April and then I'm expecting our second in August. Congratulations. Thank you. And she's still yeah. out there changing life fixtures, guys. Get on it, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I speak for myself and my husband when I say that we can do these things. It's he's, he's pretty involved. But it is definitely hard with little kids. My, it's really helpful that my parents live a block away and they love to hang out with our toddler. But it's, uh, it's totally possible to do all this stuff with kids, but it takes a while for sure. So what are, what's your strategy? Just do like nap time? Are you doing this after bedtime? Yeah. No. Or is it really unique? <laughs> <That's a good laughs> We have to veg out after bedtime, but yeah, we do nap times, but some of this stuff, like if you're turning the power off, then he loses the power to his white noise machine. So I don't want can't, to do that. No, no can't do that. <laughs> Cannot do um, that. So, and it, some stuff is noisy, but we just had our roof replaced and the roofers were here for a week and he took a bunch of four hour naps during that time. So I don't know that he cares that much about noise, thankfully, but we do what we can. And then we, I like, I really do plan my days off our, you know, weekend time around the nap times, but our families have been really committed to helping us restore this house too. So they're, they've been like when we redid our kitchen or we did our bathroom, you know, we, we traded off tasks pretty well and had one of my parents come over when we could, but, but also it's just been a little bit isolating. Like our bathroom, my husband did almost all of that. I did all the tiling on the walls, took me hours and hours. Don't tile your, your whole bathroom walls. If you never tiled before it's very slow. Uh, just, just start with just a floor or something. Okay, Graham, you're taking but, notes, right? <laughs> limit yourself. You just l- dip your toe into it. But he, my husband did just hold himself up in the bathroom for like, you know, whole weekends. So it, it's not fun for sure, but our bathroom's gorgeous and it was very affordable. <laughs> and I just watched my son. So. Gotcha. And Ashley, how about you? Because I loved your, your um, you did an episode of your podcast where you had your son on the show talking about him and, um, and his, his, he's, he's a nine. So how he was involved with renovating his space. Yeah. So as we have lived here, he's, you know, been four to nine. And when he was younger, 
you know, we gave him noise canceling headphones and the shot back and he would just follow us around. Like he loved that. Like that worked for us, like for a long time. But as he's gotten older, of course, it's like, he's not as into DIY. And although we want to make that like a family thing that we do together. So it's like, hey, do you want to help me, you know, stain a bench or do you want to help me carry wood up the stairs? You know, so like I want him to be handy. Like I wasn't handy when I, you know, was in my early 20s. So I want him to be involved and be handy and then also be proud of like the work, the end result of whatever, you know, we're doing together. So like, like you mentioned, he came on the podcast. He, I interviewed him about what he wanted his room to look like and then just kind of prodded him for things that he felt like was lacking in the room. And then as I was, you know, renovating his room, painting, putting up the baseboards, you know, I asked his input so that, you know, when he, his room got completed, he felt like he was part of the process. Now, did he, you know, paint the walls with me? No. But, you know, some of the things that he did was he put on electrical uh, face plates on the walls. Like, that's a really simple thing. It's not scary. Yeah. Use a little screwdriver. And he felt proud. And now he's, like, empowered. Now he can do, you know, something more difficult next time. But he knows that he contributed, especially to his space. And I think he, he really enjoyed that. That's really cool. That's neat. I want to talk about Kirsten's about to move to a rental house. And I do think this is an interesting concept because we lived in so many rental homes over the year. Um, Any ideas you have on making new spaces or rental spaces feel like home when they're not actually your space and something that doesn't get you um, in trouble with your landlord when you finally move out? Yeah, for sure. Well, some of this is some of our top DIY skills to have too. We talked about replacing light fixtures. That can be undone. It takes a little bit of time, but if, if, if something that you really, really hate, I would say it's probably worth the time to buy something, maybe not the most expensive fixture if it's not going to work at your next home, but you can take it with you and just keep the other one and no, no one ever has to know. Also replacing hardware. So like kitchen cabinets, the hardest part of replacing hardware is drilling the holes in the right spot, but you're not going to do that. If you're in a rental, you're just going to use the existing holes. Mm -hmm. So if you already have, you know, ugly hardware in your kitchen cabinets, you can buy some that's a lot of times the trendy stuff is maybe not the highest quality, but it's just on Amazon and it's affordable and it's not a big deal if you spend, you know, 50 bucks or a little more to get all the handles that you need for your bathroom or your kitchen or whatever, and just swap those out. It just takes a manual screwdriver. It's very easy. Yeah. That's a great idea. Peel and, peel and stick wallpaper is also really good. Like you can do that yourself. You just take it down. It doesn't hurt your walls. And then if, you know, if you're allowed to, if, you know, rooms are painted blue or cream, I mean, for $60, you can repaint a room and then paint it back before you leave. I would, I'd probably get prior approval for that, but I wouldn't, I think $120 all in to really enjoy a wallpaper or a wall treatment is well worth it. Ashley, clearly you've never met Graham because asking for permission is against her religion. We are official. I think her official motto for life is apologize, don't ask, ask forgiveness. That, that, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm in, a, I'm in a real interesting. It's so funny. I do, but I do like the confidence people helping me. So we're supposed to travel abroad. This we're taping this um, beginning of March um, for spring break, but it appears that my trip might be derailed. Right, but. We have a lot. You know, we have our airfare, all this kind of stuff. I'm feeling very good that my entire family seems to have robust confidence in me that like, I will get all of our money back. (laughs) I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but nobody, none of the major companies that, you know, or Air France per se, um, feels like they want to give us our money back, but it's like, Oh, you're going to get it back. I'm going to get it back. Like if I, if I have to go down fighting, like I'm going to get my money back. Yeah. And so there's no way she's not getting back her security deposit is what she is saying. Yes. Right. I have a lot of soft skills. So while you're rewiring, like my (laughs) thing is, don't worry, I will find the supervisor, supervisor. (laughs) Well, I think you can also ask landlords too. We lived in a little tiny, tiny apartment in between houses. We had sold our last, we lived with my parents, we were having a baby, all this. So we lived in this little apartment that was, you know, being turned over to us. And I worked with the landlord and gently suggested that, yes, you're right. The window the window blinds do need to be replaced. And they like just did a bunch of stuff before you moved in. Now I didn't get to choose the wall color and we weren't there for very long, but maybe you could, you know, so a lot of times landlords might not, if you can just suggest, you know, I really think white would be a much more marketable color than beige in 2020. Maybe they'll paint it the color you want. 
Yeah. No, can I, so I was an army wife for, well, I only lived like on the base for like three years, but, um, army wives are like amazing at this because so many times it's rentals and so many times they're not going to be there forever. But I've seen some really creative things and you're jogging my memory, Ashley, when you talked about the wallpaper, because I had one friend who did, she did brick, like a brick wallpaper all in her kitchen and it was all removable. But let me just tell you, like, it was this like very institutional government built army housing. And it was like a cozy, like British kitchen when she was done. (laughs) And and I'm sure like it wasn't that expensive to, and it was just totally changed the look. You're, this is good. You're reminding me of this. That's, that's awesome. That's so fun. Well, I do have a question for both of you. Um, I saw one of your episodes on your podcast was about how to include family heirlooms in your home decor. And And that is kind of a big deal for, or something that I'm thinking about right now, because I am wondering what your suggestions are. I loved doing that episode. And one of the things that I think we both came back to was that, are you keeping the family heirloom because you love it and it sparks like something special in you about the person who gave it to you? Or are you keeping it out of guilt? And if it's out of guilt, you need to pass it on. But if you love it and it just doesn't maybe like fit into your decor as well as you want it to do, as you want it to fit in, then how can you change it? Can you change the knobs? Can Is it a buffet? Can you add a marble top to it to change it just a little bit to help modernize it and bring it more to your style? And I think that people shouldn't be scared of changing things that were given to them if it's going to make you smile every time you see it, it's going to remind you of the person who gave it to you or the person who used to own it. Like, don't be scared to make changes so that you actually use it and enjoy it in your home. That's a really good test. The guilt thing versus the, do I really like it? Yeah, but see, my dad comes sniffing around and he'll be like, where's that chair your grandmother gave you? I don't see it in your house. And they'll be like, well, because I didn't like it and it wasn't sparking joy or all the things you can say. And he'll be like, I can't believe you did that. How could you give that away? I was going to, I had three more people I would have given that to, which is not true. He has nobody who wants, but that's how it works with family heirlooms in my house. Mm. Well, that's the reality. I have other family who come sniffing through my house saying, where's your grandmother's string box? (laughs) Well, some family are trickier than others, but we have some family heirlooms that I didn't used to like. And now I've just kind of reframed and actually my style has changed too over the years, but there are some things that, you know, you just, you change out your decor. So maybe you, you have it out for a while and then you keep it away, keep it in the garage for a while. And then you, you, maybe you see a picture on like Instagram or Pinterest or something that has something similar and you think, Hey, I have a cool vintage thing. Cause vintage stuff is cool. Like even, even if we're not talking like the bright, colorful mid-century stuff from a few years ago, like old stuff is you see that in high-end designer homes now. There are a lot of designers saying that every room needs at least one antique piece. So if you've got legit family antiques, it's not just like some flea market thing, like that's extra cool. So that can be a really good conversation piece. And as long as everything else around it, let's like let's say it's a style you don't like, like we have this colorful Viking painting, this oil painting that's probably from the 60s or 70s. It's like like avocado green and black and it's like, ooh. But when you hang that by itself with like a, like, um, you know, like a kind of cool modern light fixture, I don't know, like there's a way to combine stuff with that, that where it's like, oh, that's funky, but everything else is decorated nicely. So it doesn't feel like you're walking through a poorly decorated antique mall. Well, you're also right about the the changing it because I feel like with antiques and family heirlooms, sometimes it feels like I can't change it. I can't touch it. I've got it. Like, like you're like, you work in a museum and you have to protect the historical integrity of it. But the truth is there's no like, fa- maybe in Graham's family there is, but in, in most families, there's no like, um, you know, boss of the family who's monitoring this stuff and is going to come by. Like I, so I will all the time take pictures of something and be like, listen, I've had this in my house. I don't like it. If anyone wants it and is going to keep it like it is great. But if not, like I'm going to paint it because then I could actually use it. And nine times out of 10 people are like, go for it, you know? And then it becomes something that actually feels a little bit more like our home, this time, whatever. But for some reason it feels like 
sometimes there's like a mental permission slip you have to have somebody write you to do that because it just feels like the ownership of it is tricky. You know, like I would never walk into your house and start painting your stuff, but, and it kind of sometimes feels like that with family heirlooms, but the truth is mm -hmm. nobody really owns these things. So if you get permission, I say go for it. So I like that. Um, all right, Graham, did you want to do the lightning round? Oh, I love a good lightning round. I love this. Okay, so Kirsten has a few questions. Ladies, you've been so generous with your time, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions, or Kirsten and I will ask you a few questions, and I just want you to um, just say the first thing that comes into your mind. Yep. Don't think too hard, okay? No thinking here. No prep. Okay. Okay. So, should we start ahead, with Ashley? I think they both answer them because okay. it's quick. It's lightning. Okay. It's 3 a.m., and I just woke you up from a deep sleep because I invaded your house because I broke in. What DIY dream project were you dreaming about? Go. Go, go. Both. Uh, come on pro probably redoing a really dated a sad bathroom okay Up updating our basement Ooh. oh okay i like that is that what's both next on both of your agendas that's definitely on mine for sure sad bathroom no i don't think so but i am just passionate about our last house was from the 90s and we did all three bathrooms and they were affordable and fast except at the master and I just, it just like the oak cabinets and the brass and the peeling ivory vinyl just makes me sad. So I'm just passionate Fair. about it. <laughs> I, I had my last house that I had a few of those uh, oak cabinets with the brass. And yeah, I, mm. I, I, I know what you're talking about. That feels good. <laughs> that feels good to change that. <laughs> okay. All right. So no thinking, no thinking. Go to shade of white paint. Go. Ultra white Valspar. Boom. That's a pro well, right there. That was, that was a pro. That was a pro. Wait, say that again. What'd you say? <laughs> I said ultra white by Valspar. That's what okay. I painted all of our trim. Ultra white by, okay, cool. Ooh, Susanna. Uh, uh, okay, well, I'm still figuring this out because we use Sherwin-Williams alabaster in our current house and it's like a really creamy kind of old fashioned white. And I feel like at our next house, I'm gonna go with something that's like a little bit cleaner, like Ben Moore Chantilly Lace. I mean, Kirsten, these ladies know their stuff. <laughs> hey, I, mean, I really? have my answer too, Graham. I'm not, I'm, I'm okay. What's your answer, Kirsten? My answer is going to floor you. Yeah, I'm sure. Dunn Edwards, white, don't touch it. I okay. don't let them put Ooh. anything in it. I take their white off the shelf in the high gloss, and that has been my trim for the last three houses. Wait, and tell me again the name. White, whose makes it? Dunn Edwards, and I, it's their, it's okay. literally called white. It's like their base paint. Like okay. where they add other colors to it. I don't let them add anything to it. And then my, that's my trim white. And then my, my uh, walls is Pharaoh and Ball. Although I don't actually pay for Pharaoh and Ball. I make Home Depot make their version of Pharaoh and Ball. But I do the Pharaoh and Ball Tallow. T-A-L-L-O-W. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. I know that one. Mm. Okay, mine is White Dove. But that's everywhere. Everyone uses that. So it's not very exciting. It's safe but nobody, But nobody asked me. But nobody asked me. Okay. <laughs> If you had to DIY it, okay, this is a weird, I hope you ladies feel like you've gotten to know us. Okay, if you had to DIY it yourself, would you choose to paint tiny intricate little flowers on your own manicure in order to celebrate spring? Or would you give yourself a bikini wax? Oh gosh, give myself a bikini wax. I can't paint tiny flowers to save my <laughs> life. Fair, fair. Yeah. I definitely, definitely Option the bikini B. wax one. Okay. I've done that many times in my high school days also. <laughs> That's Whereas cool. paint, I do not have, do not have the patience for the- Oh, me neither. Oh, my no hands way. are no shaking. Way. I can't do it. <laughs> okay. I can't, I can't even paint my fingers, let alone flowers. Let alone flowers. Okay. Last question. You guys have to complete this sentence. I'm kind of amazing at DIY for my home, but don't tell anyone that I'm secretly outsourcing. Go. Ooh. Landscaping for sure. <sighs> yeah, I think us too. We did hire out a lot of landscape demo, which is like the easiest type of landscaping, right? You just, but we just didn't have the tools or the energy. So yeah, we did that too. Fair. I would have to say cleaning too. We outsource that too. Mm, I'm a fair. horrible cleaner. Here. And that saves a marriage sometimes. Yeah, that sure. just made you guys so much more human because I was so intimidated. I know. I'm thinking here, my gosh, clearly they're cleaning things. Wow, love it. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you guys for being on the show. I, uh, For those of our listeners who've stuck with us from the early days of home improvement and DIY and home decor, 
I think you you owe us a big thank you for introducing introducing you Susanna to and Susanna Ashley from and your Ashley. home story. We're excited. Yeah, this was a throwback. This is a throwback to our times when we were real designing. No, but I have to say, I um just prepping for this interview, it kind of like kind of got me back in the mood. I started. I know that's my favorite thing. I say we get out of kids and family. I don't know what we're doing there. Like, there's no reason we should be with Sesame Street. It's terrible. We have no business in that category. No, let's go back, Graham. Well, you know, here's the deal. How about as soon as Graham sends us proof that she's actually changed a light fixture? Then we'll move categories. Does that sound like a fair deal? We don't want to lie. And as to soon listeners. as Kirsten gives herself a bikini wax. So on that note, thank you to our two lovely guests. We love having you today. Um, you've inspired us and you've helped us. And you're clearly very DIY-ish. Very much appreciated. And everyone have a wonderful week and welcome home. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Welcome Home. We think you guys are the best. Our sweet listeners tell us all the time that it feels like we're real life friends and not to be too mushy, but we feel the same about you. So why not go ahead and connect with us on Instagram? We're at the Welcome Home Podcast. Or if it's something super secret, feel free to send us an email at hello at the welcomehomepodcast.com, especially if it's a secret about Kirsten. I'm the one who checks the email. It will stay between us. And as always, if you'd enjoyed today's episode of Welcome Home, please make sure you're subscribed. And also, if you have a few minutes, we'd just love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with your friends. Tell your friends. That's the hospitable thing to do. Thanks for listening to Welcome Home.